Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So there's a new annual report that says that there are about 1,000, to be exact, 986 openly gay elected officials. uh, And it actually grew 17% in the last year. Oh, that's what Um, she said. Yeah, we have have reached our zenith to this point. We have two governors, two senators, nine members of Congress. Every state but Mississippi has some elected (laughs) office holder who identifies as LGBTQ. And um, yeah, just, I, what, what did you, I, you know, I have a couple like kind of interesting take home stats to, that I'll, I'll get to a little later, but what did you guys think of that? Were you as excited or not? <laughs> yeah, I think it's exciting for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, I think it's easy to take for granted that like, I was even watching, um, I love, love, love the uh, Demi Lovato cover of Lovely Day that she did at the inauguration or the, oh, okay. that, that whole, that whole, uh, you know, that that whole day basically that weird yeah. like whole day broadcast and i was like getting emotional watching it again and it's just it's so it can be easy to forget how traumatic uh, it was until that moment mm-hmm. and so it's easy to i think in, in a sense i don't want to be i don't want to take for granted you know what what has happened and, and how things have kind of returned to a, yeah. you know a much more a semblance of normalcy and so seeing this it's like it's great. And I don't want to take it for granted that there yeah. are at least, you know, close to a thousand openly gay elected officials and it's, yeah. it's grown exponentially. It's, it's, it's really exciting. It's so important to me. I think one of the visibility is so, so, so important. And it's the fact that there are sort of, I mean, more importantly, state officials, state officials that are openly LGBTQ that are out there doing, because I mean, all things that happen in your communities come from local officials. And so if you visibly see, like I think back to um, Anise Parker, who was mayor of Houston. She's yeah. the first- She's interviewed uh, in this article. Big, she's the first big city LGBTQ elected official. Um, and first mayor, of course, of a large right. city. And even though someone on Twitter got angry at me for calling large cities urban, even though technically mm. urban is every city, but like there's urban and suburban. How so she is the dare first. You. And he was so snarky about it. And I was like, he was like, stop saying it. You sound stupid. And I'm stop. like, you're the problem. Yeah, you're the funny. problem. I don't think he's going to listen. And anymore. then someone so tweeted funny. this to yeah. like his thing. And you're like, fuck off. Everyone no, is like, so fucking no, dumb. I was, I was the only one that responded, which is how it should be. But, yeah, right. Um, but in uh, she was the first lesbian mayor of an urban city, a large city. And she, um, I think back to her and how wild that was for a, a queer person to be the mayor of a Texas city. Yeah. Not, and not yeah. just Austin, like Houston. 
Houston Texas. tends to be a little bit more conservative than the other big and cities, and, even from And to Texas, me, it shows yeah. sort of the progress that, I mean, sure, we have uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago and that right. it's a more liberal city. So I'm not, I mean, even though it's amazing, I'm not as surprised. And I, I, I think of like, I think of the progress we're having in like smaller cities where city council people, queer city council people in small Southern cities are getting elected. And it's, it's a nice, good thing to see. Yeah. It's, it's really important. Yeah, it absolutely is. So the one thing to keep in mind, however, is that out of these roughly 1000 elected LGBT officials are out of roughly half a million elected positions nationwide. So we, yeah. we comprise at this point about 0.19%. We're not even at 10 yet. <clears throat> We're not one in 10. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, so 0.19. So we're not even at yeah. 0.2% yet. Uh, but, how, but, but the ones in the closet, there's probably at least 30%. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> they, they also noted in the, the article that 73% of uh, these elected officials are Democrats. Three. Only- Three percent are Republicans. Oh my God! In fact, yeah. there are more trans elected officials than there are out Republican elected officials right now. That really? Same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that doesn't surprise. I, 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 I like that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But, and the but, article. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The article was also pushing. They're, they're, they're looking to change LGBT. So they're changing LGBT to LGBTQIUA. So that's. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, unhinged alliance. So they're trying to become <laughs> a little bit more open to all types of people. Um, that's wonderful news. Yeah, isn't that? I think that's really great news. I actually, when I read that, I started getting a little teary eyed because oh, I, I knew that suddenly, you know, Elliot was going to be included, you know, oh my perhaps God. for the first time, um, you know. <laughs> I just think that's a really good thing, you know? <laughs> that's really lovely to hear. There was also yeah, yeah. a final stat that I want to share. There was huge growth in the last year amongst transgender women elected officials from 21 to 36. Wow. Which wow. is huge. Uh, transgen- transgender men remain the same. That's wild. Officials. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah I mean, but- there is, there is the, we should say too, there's a great organization called Victory Fund that if you are looking to run in your local communities, you can get support and you're queer, you can get support from the Victory Fund because that's all they do is try to elect queer people to queer Democrats. This is in like any capacity? Like any any... capacity from small to large, from from US Senate to city council or dog catchers. Like, I mean, literally it's any collected office and Victory Fund does that and they're a great organization. Well, I think we know who needs to call Victory Fund brand. <laughs> Ooh. And I'm going to submit the text messages, the screenshots. <laughs> by the way, by the way uh, I don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> no, nope. because my grassroots fundraising is going to be off the charts. <laughs> Brent's going back in the closet. <laughs> Not even joke. Our guest today, I, I say I'm obsessed with every guest because I am obsessed with every guest, but I am particularly obsessed with with this guest because I love food and I love right. anything food related. And our guest today, Jay Cohen, you are a food specialist. You're a food everything. Your Instagram account is everything. Welcome, Jake. Thank you. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. I own the book. It's called Jewish. Jewish. And it's also I- a religion. That's also it a religion. Is, it is right. a religion. That's right. It is such Minus a good the hyphen. Book. Right. How did this right. book come about? Like it, it, it's. I feel like if you went to your publisher, you were probably they were probably like, "It's a bit niche, Jewish. It's a bit niche." Yeah. Did they have Are like? You, did, do you work in publishing? Because I mean, that's exactly what yes, happened. Yes, I'm, um, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, the book came about because I wanted to write a cookbook, and I think 
I mean, everyone could like just write a, a cookbook that's like their face on it. Like, oh, yummy yeah. recipes that I make at home. And, and I think it's fine to have yeah. just like a book of like great recipes. But to me, that's like the baseline. And mm -hmm. what makes like a great cookbook is the voice. It's the perspective. It's the kind of unique journey that the yeah. author's taking you um, in terms of their perspective on food. And something that I guess for me, it's like growing up in New York to a, a Jewish family, it's a very distinct food culture. It's a very mm -hmm. distinct outlook on New York and hospitality and family and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I think I fought it for so long throughout my education, throughout my, my early career. And the second I finally like gave into it and being like, no, 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 actually like Judaism touches every part of my life, whether in a big way or yeah. a small way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even in, in just like the, the little neuroses that you typically think, I always refer to like the, like the Seinfeld-esque. Yeah, like you're dying every day. Every like day. every single day you're gonna die. Yeah. Did you go to a college yeah. or anything before you went to cul the Culinary Institute? No, I went straight from high school to CIA. So you knew. I knew. It's yeah. the only college I applied to too. I just, oh, I wow. Like, let's do this. Yeah, because wow. you went to the culinary and then you were working at Danielle, right? Isn't that pronounced yeah. that way? Danielle yes. Boulud, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You worked at Danielle. Uh, you worked in test kitchens and you worked at food magazines and websites. So uh, what, how, how, what was that like in the sense that you went to the Culinary Institute, but were also not, you were, you were in obviously the restaurant world, but was also, I guess, in the publishing side of things. Like how did that fare in comparison to, I guess, the sort of, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the working in an actual working in kitchens and, and yeah. how you got there. Um, I mean, the transition happened because working in kitchens sucks. Uh, uh -huh. No, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. If you really love it, love it. It's yeah. so grueling on your yes. body. Um, oh. It's so much work. It's so hard. And I think I was just, I, I love the experience, but I realized pretty early on that like the dream was never to run a restaurant or to mm, own a yeah. restaurant. And once you come to that understanding, it's very hard to put yourself through the day-to-day -day of, of working the line um, if that's not going to get you to the goal of having a restaurant be a big New York City yeah. Yeah. hot shot. So I, I switched over to media and I think because of my age, it was this really fascinating dynamic in which I started still when print was everything mm -hmm. and throughout have seen the really, really quick transition from print to digital, from digital to social. Um, so it's been, it's is been that, wild. Is that how you jump to, like your Instagram has an enormous following because of the way you cook, because of what you cook, the recipes you post. Is that, did that begin as a result of some kind of uh, need for an outlet outside of just being behind the scenes in media? Oh, a hundred percent. I think mm. it's, it, it's the only place where you don't have an editor, where you don't have someone telling you what some is people should good, back. what is bad. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. some people do. Some, yeah. some people got the money. Um, and it, it was the one place in which I could speak freely as myself. And that means like the colloquialisms I use, that means mm -hmm cursing and not being like prude i think mm. there's this there's this normalization and this came up it, it came up it's funny because I, I i we have a very fascinating internet banter um me and katie kirk are like mm -hmm. she's been a big supporter big fan of the book and um 
it's like she got she had this response because I very adamantly say that you should never put nuts or raisins in carrot cake. I love them in a muffin, yeah. but in carrot Agreed. cake, I don't want the texture. Yeah. So I I put like I like like keep those fucking nuts and raisins out of my carrot cake, something like that. And and she's like, that's a harsh language for for <laughs> carrot cake, which is true. But yeah. at the same time, you think of so many people who are it's totally normal. You're watching HBO, you're watching any kind of show that's considered great acting, and they're saying yeah. the most disgusting, vulgar yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but he in had food the content, is tasting bump spunk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so also in, I- in food content, it's like there's this higher standard that you got to be this, this, this super polished yeah. Yeah. yeah and i i was also going to throw out that you know the the three hosts co-hosts of this podcast are intimately familiar with the carrot cake at outback steakhouse and uh, i can tell you that they do i believe put nuts in that carrot cake and i find it a little we disappointing. do love outback. we do I, love I find outback. it a little disappointing Wait, jake i have to say one of the things on your instagram that i find well, I don't know. Maybe it's just my response. Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting here. But you do add a bit of playful, sexual fun in flirty fun into how you're braiding your challah, if you will. And there is there's a bit of a chub party that comes from that experience, if you know what I mean by many people. What? I what see the ta- comments. I'm so confused. I Wait, literally what? have I've lo- you've lost. What are you no, talking about? <laughs> you see the comments. There are some thirsty comments on oh, your yeah, yeah, yeah. your oh, Instagrams yeah, yeah. of love, food. Love, love, people love, love. are getting hard off your food presentation. <laughs> and I want to know, is that intentional? Do you have a subliminal sexual message when you're braiding your hala? Mm. <laughs> um so so a real like surface level no i think <laughs> at, at the end of the day um gay men are disgusting and uh, well, thank yeah. you for joining yeah. our podcast like, right. like, right. Right. like found the right you're me, in the safe me space being for one that. of them yes. the things that i comment on other food people's accounts disgusting yeah. i should be like immediately like sent to jail like um not good but i just i don't i don't know i don't want to affect yeah. me at all i think yeah. it's funny i Wait, think yeah. it's funny do, do you comment uh, do you make sexual comments uh using your own handle on other people's yes Instagram? oh i, <laughs> not, I have a fin stuff for like all crazy. that I a, okay, i'm not doing yeah crazy it's like doing like the the emoji with like the tongue out like the hot like yeah i'm doing that i do i, do that. I literally I have so sent sure. that to jake but over food not not a picture of you literally right. over food you've posted right. i'm sending like sexual emojis which sometimes is sometimes <laughs> it's one sometimes the other some it's it's the combination <laughs> right. yeah you never know <laughs> Right. So, oh, so you are uh, you're obviously a gay man, yes. Married uh, to your yes. husband, uh, who appears sometimes in your social media, um, in your presence. Uh, so, so now he is uh, also Jewish, but uh, a Sephardic Iraqi American Jew. Right. Yeah. So it's it's like he is Persian Iraqi, right? Um, though it's. So technically it's Mizrahi. I, this is like a yeah. thing that I've, so one thing that I've been really big on is kind of, since I've met him, it's opened my eyes because when you grow up in New York, you only know, you know, like yeah. the Larry David definition of Judaism and, and mm. that's what is sold to America. So most yes. Americans, most Gentiles only know mm-hmm. exactly. They, they think we're all Yentl, just like going about our day when <laughs> the diaspora is really quite broad. And when I met my husband, you think of like secular Jews in America. Again, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up very religious. We were high holiday Jews, had my bar mitzvah done. Yeah. And it wasn't until much later that um, I revisited it with Alex because of the fact that our secular definitions of Judaism were rooted in food. 
And these holidays, like Rosh Hashanah, Passover, where, where you mm-hmm. expect a specific menu and our definitions of Jewish food were completely different. He had never before, had vodka yeah. before. He oh no, never, that's not oh, right. How he had never, dare he, he. I, the first time this was like, this was like a month into dating and I got the flu. And he's like, he, he's like, what, what can I get for you? Like, oh, he's like trying to like, yeah. really, I was like, I need matzo ball soup. Like what, like yes, I need that. Right. I need that when I'm, right. when I'm well alone, when I'm unwell. So uh, he had no idea like where to like, how do I, Holy do I get matzo ball soup in New wow. York? He like, he- In New York he was, City? He, well, he grew up in Florida and then- Yeah, but there's <laughs> Yelp. I know, I know. <laughs> did he grow up, he was, like, he he grew up a, in like Fort Lauderdale, Florida or like, Tallahassee, Goyam, Florida. Orlando. Did he grow well, up in Orlando? In Gainesville. So not too oh, far. That's, from no, no, no Jews oh, there. Yeah. No, no Jews there. Yeah. No yeah, Jews yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so yeah, that's that wild. was the whole thing. And you so have a whole section in your book on babka too, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I so babka is very important to me. I think yeah. to a lot of Jews. I love a babka. A babka is amazing. So my question is. What is babka again? Oh, well, I, I'll let I'll let Jake explain it yeah. because there's a big fight over whether it's a dessert or a bread. Okay. Um, and right. Also, there are fights over whether one should have a chocolate babka or a ugh, cinnamon babka. No, the, right. the, the I love lesser, a cinnamon babka. Let, let, let Jake. I'll let Jake explain yeah. what a babka is to Brent. Okay. Yes, Eastern European Ashkenazi um, baked good, very similar to a lot of kind of desserts from the polish vienna mm-hmm. region austria and it's a yeasted bread that's then layered with chocolate or it could be cinnamon and sugar yeah. and then rolled up and then it's twisted and there are a few different ways you could twist it so by doing that when you bake it you get these like very thin swirled layers mm, of yeah. the bread and filling and it, there is so it's like when i think of the the old school babka would be sliced. It's very much like a bread, yeah. not necessarily incredibly like moist, but it was something that you would have with right. a cup of coffee. Oh, I think, it yes. coffee. It's a I, coffee think of, I think of it as a wet bread. No. Yeah, and mm, Elliot, that's the, yeah. but that's the, that's the new fantasy that like bread's yeah. bakery has yeah. helped push. That's the rich in, people in, thing. That I think the bread's bakery like, one is a little overrated to be honest Oh, with I, you. it's delicious. It's, deli- it's, it's good, but it's I need like a, I need like a fucking wet, Moist, swirly. Well, here we go, Elliot. Here we go. And you let you're okay with a cinnamon babka? I'm okay with this. I love babka, a cinnamon yeah. babka. What do you have against yeah. a cinnamon babka? Sometimes you don't want That's chocolate that early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, you want some. If you're gonna have a babka, it needs to be dense, not like cinnamon no, is so like. I can't do chocolate ugh. before noon. I can't. I'm already mm. fat enough. No, I don't think I, I don't do it. Do it. <laughs> I don't do it before noon. But yeah, I whenever I need, it needs to be, I need a dense chocolate babka yeah. that's okay. like wet ass bread. What? Oh. No. <laughs> wow. No. That's the, the most is Jewish. Is Jewish. The is weird dessert? version of waffle be about Yes, yeah, so it's a wet ass push. Wait, <laughs> is it go ahead, it's a dessert or is it a bread? I serve it as a dessert. Yes. But same. it's a dessert, but it you it's a it's a nosh. It's yes. not something you put mm-hmm. out at the end of a meal. It's something that's like it's just out. You always you would never serve it as only someone dessert. comes by. It's like, oh, you're hungry. You're yes, have a yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's the Jewish, right. the Jewish version of um, monkey bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which monkey. is amazing. You know, monkey bread. Monkey bread. I was. I swore I saw on one of the Jewish sites that monkey bread is actually also Jewish. Type it of is Jewish to a Jew. Mm. I. I. That's, that's fair. We can make. It's like the my big fat Greek wedding. We're like every word. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm. Now you. But instead also, of Windex, it's just they call the doctor. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Brent, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, so Jake, I mean, obviously our listeners know this, but uh, this podcast is supported and sponsored by a delicious beverage called Can. It is a social tonic that has uh, like a, is lightly infused with a THC and CBD. So I, I don't know if you're someone who drinks, you know, drinks can or smokes weed, but like, I think like, I kind of wanted to ask you like, what would be your go-to if, if you were stoned one night, what would be your go-to like thing to eat, munchy to eat? It could be Jewish, it could not. I mean, what, whatever well, you hopefully prefer. it's Jewish, but also I'm, I'm hoping or wondering if it's elevated because you have an elevated taste or if, or if your munchies would be something more uh, baseline. Jake gets down though, Jake gets down. He's not, he's, he's elevated, <laughs> I know, but he also I knows know, how to get I'm down. The, yeah. I, yeah, 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 so it's too, I mean, I, I would say I'm, I'm probably high almost every day. Okay. Um, so, so this is like constant. It, yeah. So it, there's two different, two different routes and it's a choose your own adventure, if you will. Mm-hmm. One is my family and I love to take like huge edibles and then go to super fancy dinners. Oh, wow. And, like, that's it. We don't do wine pairings. We don't do like the yeah. don't drink. We're like, we're the, the we're like the wow. exactly. sober. Yeah. Yes. So like you and your parents, so, that's great. Um, no, my mom doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. she, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's just manic at a base level. <laughs> sure, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's mainly, I li- it's very much like a m- marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I live in the same build- apartment building as my sister um, oh, my and my mother. My mother just moved out to a new apartment building oh, wow. that's two blocks away. Wow. So. Okay. Nice. Uh, that's, that's... But yeah, so we either are getting really like nice, fancy restaurant go crazy order everything on the dessert menu or it's a pint of fish food and yeah i'm trying to think of of, i mean chex mix is typically like a bag of chex so funny because mine is Chex Mix Muddy Buddies. Mm. Yes, that's no, right. Wait, no, wait, 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 I just wait. had a conversation about this. We have to talk. We have to say. to remain salty. There is no, no Muddy Buddies. No Muddy Buddies. No. Muddy Buddies in the Midwest and for, I think, a large portion of America is called Puppy Chow. Puppy Chow. Puppy yes, Chow. it's also popular yeah. at day camps and sleepaway camps. I grew yeah, up on Puppy Chow. The best snack so dessert in the world. Do you have my I, Puppy Chow, Elliot? No, I, oh, I will need give it, it to you. I will bring it to you. Oh, Brent, have you had it? <laughs> no, I didn't know you. I didn't the know. The best way to make it. The best way to make it is you chow. put it in a trash bag. You put yes, it in a, a nice a little trash, trash bag, bag yes. and you just shake the shake shit out of it. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Jake, you disagree that that muddy buddies should exist as per Chex Mix? No, I th- I just think when I say Chex Mix, there I'm. I'm oh, you want salty? It's got to be salty. So yeah. like none huh? of the the yeah. mixing. Like you know they have the the. The different, they have a cheesy one and they have like a sweet one. No, no it's classic. No, I'm that's a classic oh, I, I understand that. I understand that. I do mm-hmm. want to, if I was, if I was stoned out of my mind right now, or perhaps maybe lightly buzzed, buzzed from a canned beverage, which, you know, I often am. There are <laughs> right. three recipes from Jake's book that I would probably go to. One, I would okay. probably set the apartment on fire doing while stoned, right. but the shasuka alavaca. Oh, oh my God. That one's popular. That I am dying really for that one. This pomegranate chicken wings. Oh, yeah. moment that is a stoner's heaven. You feel you feel rich, but also like satiated. And then that happened this... the other night. I went to a fancy restaurant. They had wings on the menu, so you can oh imagine, God. like for wings. a group of stone people, it was just yeah. like it wings. was like a meeting of the minds. Boner yeah. party wings. And then the last one I want to bring up is the Cubana uh, cinnamon rolls. Look at that, guys! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. look at that! Mm, God, look at that! that. Looks incredible. Take do your you clothes off. Do you do you make your recipes often? Or, or are you always kind of on, once you find a good one, you're on to the next one? 
That's a, that's a really good question. I would say that it, it depends on the mood. Yeah. I'm constantly, because of the fact that the internet is never happy with yeah. what you give it, they want more. Yeah. Um, I constantly need to be like creating new things, but the book is, people don't understand like how much goes into a book. The yeah. book has like a hundred recipes. So I'm constantly like putting out recipes onto the internet and they're like these little mm. vignettes. But like the comparison since I've, become friends with like people in the, in like the, the music world it's like it's like nine albums yeah right you think about like how mm-hmm. many songs on the album and how much work goes into all that stuff and and it's the equivalent of like nine albums packed yeah. into one yeah um so i like to try to get a lot of of life how, out of out i've of always them. i've so always I make, wondered i make this. a lot of them because they're really good yeah i've always wondered this like if you when you create a recipe how many like times does it take for you to make oh, it yeah. before it you it's don't good. dislike it you know yeah the thing is it's like you have to it all depends on the recipe so sometimes it comes out really well and then you just have yeah. to do it uh, a couple more times again for confirmation and then again for the shoot and then maybe yeah. one more time and then there are ones that go on forever yeah. mm-hmm. it's phases where i'll get so sick of something i just have to step away and then in like three months all of a sudden you're like you know I could really go for that babka and then you're going back, then you're back to it. And then, you know, it's there. It's like a, I don't know. One thing. A toxic relationship with like an ex and you just like keep going back because you're addicted to sugar. Right. One thing I want to, well, two things I want to ask you. One, like anyone who like makes really good food and knows really good food and has just like a great palate. I always want to know what is the go-to fast food restaurant for you? Like what, like when you just like, just don't give a fuck and you just want to let it fly. Like what is that go-to restaurant? So the thing is, is that my, my, my husband and I fight about this because I always say Shake Shack because like that doesn't count. That's high end. That's not fast food. Okay. Cause that is it. That's it. Um, I would say probably it's, it's not even like a, a, a chain. It's one specific item mm-hmm. and that's McDonald's hash browns. Oh, and sometimes we'll be on, yes. we'll be on our way to brunch. Oh, yeah. We've been on our way to brunch and have stopped into McDonald's just yes. for hash road hash browns to, to walk. They're wow. so delicious. My boyfriend so loves the, good. um, the, the pancake sandwich. What is that called? The, the McGriddle? McGriddle, the McGriddle. McGriddle. I don't get it. I don't yeah. And I'm like, I'm an sweet. animal. I'm like a New Yorker that like walks around eating. Like I, I yeah. picked up. Have you have have you ever been to like Supermoon, yes. the bakery? Yes. Um, yes. So oh yeah, crazy yeah. croissants yeah. and yes. all that yeah. stuff. So I was picking up for like this. My friend was throwing a barbecue, and I was I was picking up, and they had these like giant focaccia with pepperoni and honey. <laughs> I was like, that looks amazing. I'll take one of those. And they're just trying to box it up. I was like, no, no, no don't bother. And she just, I gave it to me. I'm like walking through the city eating it's pepperoni oil dripping down. Oh my, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is have phenomenal. you ever, have you ever happened to have, um, have you ever gone to the grocery store, Uncle Giuseppe's? Mm-hmm. I want to go. Yes, I have. I have, I used to have to shop there to pick up stuff. Yeah, it's, the, it's on Long Island. There's a bunch of them and it is, I mean, it's like a circus. It's kind of, it's like a carnival. It's like a carnival of like Italian excess where they have like truly like enormous, essentially like vats of cannoli dip, like crushed up cannoli dip. They have garlic knot sandwiches, like lasagna muffins. Like it is insane, but you walk in there and it's like a, well, it's a foodies. 
I mean, it's actually like a diabetic coma, you know, yeah, waiting to happen. But oh it's my very god, long it's so island. good. Very I once got island, cut yeah. from an episode of Rachel Ray. I was hired to do some <laughs> weird bit on Rachel Ray. This is years ago now, when she first cool. started, and I got cut for doing something sexual to a cannoli. I like pretended oh to like do something weird to a cannoli, and they were like, He's "Weird? Too much you mean for you us. pretended to blow?" I still a got cannoli. paid. I still got paid. No, I didn't pretend to blow the cannoli. I pretended to put my tongue through it so that the stuff came out at the one end, and it was like oh, there wasn't no. much in there, and it was a whole. Right. It was all like, right. wait, Jake. Before we wrap things up, I do want to ask you. So you do something with an organization that I've been really involved with a lot, One Table. Um, yes. and, and One Table is a great organization for anyone listening who their, their whole point is to sort of bring about Shabbat back into lives, both Jewish and non-Jewish communities, bring about Shabbat back into sort of our lives and sort of reframe how we think of kind of services on Friday in a way. Like you are known for throwing insane Shabbats, which I can't wait. Once the world isn't trying to kill all of us, I can't wait mm-hmm. to come into New York and yeah, I'd love go to an one of your Shabbats. Like, yeah. what, what do you, what, tell us about that. Tell us about why you love throwing these Shabbats in one table and everything with it. So it's funny because I started as one table just as a, like a user and now I'm on their board and yeah. it's truly what I feel like reintroduced me to Judaism and wanting to explore mm-hmm. it deeper. Uh, my husband and I, like we said, we were trying to figure out what being Jewish meant for us. We didn't have food as that common um, denominator. So we're like, all right, well, let's let's join a shul. And we started, we went to like services at the, the CBST, the queer synagogue here in New York. We're like, yeah. oh, this is nice. But I don't know, Friday night service just, just wasn't it for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, I ended up hearing about one table started doing Shabbat. I was like, Oh my God, we get to cook all this stuff mm-hmm. in this place where I could cook all the Ashkenazi dishes that I grew up eating, but I never actually knew how to make, which is mm-hmm. very common. Yeah. Think about in New York, how easy it is to get great deli, um, all these things that you don't have to know how to make. Um, but at the same time, it also gave me this opportunity to learn all the dishes that my husband grew up eating. Mm-hmm. And we built this community of, and it was like, we started just as like a queer Shabbat and to have this space to find queer Jews in the city yeah. was just really, really, really magical. Um, and obviously it's sometimes expanded and I do big ones and small ones and, mm. and all of that, but it looks like so much fun. It, it's everything. And I think it's so important because it has made me ask questions about mm-hmm. Jewish ritual in a way that when you take the dogmatic subtext away yeah. of, of the prayers and, and what we're saying and this idea of, of oh, Shabbat is, is Jew, Jewish and this is religion, mm-hmm. religion, organized religion, bad. I'm a- It's just a, community. You know, I'm it's a, just community, I'm a community coming together. But you start to understand like the why. Why do we light the candles? Why mm-hmm. do we have the wine? Why do we have the bread? And, and at its core, these are- so much of, of Judaism is just rooted in like moral lessons, ethical lessons mm-hmm. and, and wellness. Mm-hmm. And I think of Shabbat as truly, truly, truly an act of self-care. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that yoga started out as a Hindi practice that everyone does now because it's, it's just good for you. I think mm-hmm. the same thing about Shabbat. Yeah. I, before the pandemic, one of the things that I was dying to do with one table was to have like take the idea of a drag brunch and turn it into a drag Shabbat and sort of have that it. with a thing. Well, I'm in Los Angeles. I was doing it out here. <laughs> yeah. You should come to Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, we can go. I, I, we can there are these things called planes. I can yeah. come. Oh, yeah. planes. Great. They still exist. Great. Didn't know. Um, Didn't know. But we did one. I actually did one at the 92nd Street Y with yeah. Alexis Michelle. I saw that. And it was incredible. And then the, yeah. I, the rabbi ended up uh, marrying my husband and I. 
Oh, oh that's wonderful. It's such a great job at Queer Shabbat. We're like, we love him. He needs to marry us. Well, before we wrap up, I just have one important question. Do you think gefilte fish is disgusting or delicious? Here's the thing. I think that we need to stop as a as a community when we we talk about some like big ticket items about the the um, kind of anti-Semitic qualities that Jews can take on as sure. a way of the, yes. the self-hating Jew and yeah. the Larry David speak. Um, I think the number one thing right now we need to be fighting that's very easy as a community is to stop bashing Ashkenazi food. Mm. A lot of it is rooted in a time when we were in the shtetl. It was a, yeah. a, a, a survival, people, yeah. a survival, but yeah. these dishes at their core, they're great. Especially we live in, we live in 2021, these, all these cities where you can take it and take it to the next level. So something Shut like up. gefilte fish, in mm. which you can go to a, a fancy a fancy three Michelin star restaurant and pay God knows how much for some kind of fish mousse. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this right. is high <laughs> yeah. society, oh, culture. Everyone's going ape shit for the canned fish, hot girl, right. yeah. tin fish summer, you right. know, all that stuff. <laughs> like, not going that we far. Do, we get it, I mean, uh, it was like hot girls eat tin fish is the like tagline of the summer. Uh, but yeah. uh, the same thing could be with gefilte fish. So there's an incredible um, duo in Brooklyn, gefilteria, and they make the most delicious gefilte fish. Oh wow! Mm. See, I, I had a we had a, I had a like a Passover seder, you know, with my family years and years ago during college, and I brought my friend who was like, we're not friends anymore because he was like a true like tried and true like gay bitch, like a real like bitch, <laughs> and it was a very uh, poisonous relationship. But he was like a total bitch, and we went to I brought him to the Shabbat uh, the Passover dinner at my grandma's house. Yeah, and I was like very i don't know i was like excited for him to experience it and we gave like my grandma gave him gefilte fish and he was like ew what is this and i was like it's gefilte fish and he's like what's in it and i was like i don't know it's like it's just like gefilte fish i don't know i've never really stopped to think about it and he's like oh and he found, and he like googled it and he's like it's like the hot dog of fish and i was like it, and then i turned and i was like Oh no! And then from that moment on, I was like not into gefilte fish, which oh, like broke my grandma's that bitch heart. Ruined it for you. <laughs> oh he my ruined God. it. I know. But now well, I'm like, you know him. what? Fine. As yeah. long as he's it's not making out of a it jar. worse. That's exactly. True. As long as it's not out of a jar, and that's for pretty much everything. That's I'm it. just imagining right. the girls from uh, from Fiddler on the Roof being matchmaker, matchmaker, but it's gefilte fish in little cans, like selling oh, it. You know, the yeah. fish gefilte. <laughs> it's good. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> make me a meal. <laughs> Find me a plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jake. What uh, a yeah, blast Jake, to have you. So Where much. can Where people can follow people you? Follow you. Yeah. It's funny because truly, you want to talk about like crazy stuff. There's a million one Jake Cohens in the world. There's oh. even another gay Jake Cohen in wow. the city that like oh. I have. I get constantly tagged. Oh, no. Accidentally oh, for, and he ended up. I just saw Gaga and Tony Bennett last week, and mm. he was sitting in the seat right behind me. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And, I, and, I, and I turned around, I was like, are you Jay Cohen? And he's like, who him. are you? <laughs> but I am the only at Jay Cohen everywhere. Oh, and buy the book, whoa. guys. It's called oh, Jewish. Paid, and I paid a nominal a big amount of money deal. to some like, yeah, teenagers yeah, yeah. years ago. Right, it's such right. a good book. I can't, I can't stress to you enough, guys. Buy it, buy it, buy yeah. it. And another thing. Um, All right. Yes. So, right, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, it looks looks like 
uh, Jeopardy. This is yeah. totally, this is and another thing. So we're talking about something <laughs> right, right. Totally from different stuff. this week. Totally different. But I love this topic. I think it's so interesting <clears throat> because the three of us do enjoy game shows. I'm not the hugest Jeopardy fan, but that all being yeah. said, I had much respect for Alex Trebek and I'm very disappointed to see He's that. Very handsome. Very handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Very disappointed. He he looks like my dad so much. It's oh, he was a almost dickhead, eerie. I mean, rest in yeah. peace. But I heard yeah. he was a dickhead. Yeah, I, I don't. I yeah, maybe. But either way, I I he, dickhead or not, he deserved it or he yeah. earned it because yeah. he was yeah. so good at his job. He just he was he's so good, and now it looks like it's, he's going to be succeeded by the executive producer of the show, Mike Richards, who was part of the whole process of feel so they were trying out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying out. Like hosts, when Dick Cheney they're, made they're himself gonna split vice it. <laughs> Right, and there were, uh, or Andy Cohen made himself a talk show host yeah, on yeah, his own network. Yeah. Um, right, but it's weird. I think it's odd. I think it's. I mean, I guess he's good at it, obviously. But I do. I know this is like a very um, common uh, uh, hive mind kind of opinion here. But like, I didn't even have to watch Lavar Burton to know that that was the perfect temperament for the job. Somebody well, I heard he did that. Have... Wait, wait, Oh, no, wait, really? Wait. All right, yeah. so I watched Why? all Tell the me. guests. I watched all the guest hosts. Yeah. Ho- hosts, and I thought uh, the guy who got it, I think his name's Mike Richards. I thought he did a Mike perfectly Richards, fine yeah. job. I thought he was a little generic, and I was surprised when I saw. For, pretty consistently, for some reason, Yahoo News is all about Jeopardy news. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would read, like, I would read, like, frequently. Because they know that you're on, like, the only one yeah, look, yeah, like, looking the only at Yahoo one news. reading Yahoo News. <laughs> I feel like at, um, at, at a Yahoo HQ, they have, like, he was, a, a camera yeah. on Brent's computer. Right, like, He's right. in. He's on. But he was pretty consistently... <laughs> He was pretty consistently at the top. People seemed to initially like why? his, what his is it about? Yeah, why? I, I don't get it. And I personally thought Mayim Bialik, who of course we found out also yeah. is going to be like a part-time the host of the show, host was by far the best. She seemed oh. and, a great option. Uh, and I thought LeVar Burton was was close to the bottom, in my opinion. Oh, I watched you know? a couple episodes and he just he just didn't have the right, like, well, it just thing- came across as almost juvenile, like, he, almost like he was talking to children watching or something. Oh, no. it, it did not. Okay. The thing with LeVar that I think, for anyone who doesn't watch Jeopardy and who wasn't really a part of the whole search for a host, there was a big online sort of campaign and LeVar yeah. Burton was out there himself saying he wanted it. He, he, was, he was supporting this online campaign to make him the next host and, I think from a, when you think of it from like, you know, reading Rainbow and everything that LeVar Burton is, you think, oh yeah, he'd be a great host. Like yeah, he's right. intelligent, he's smart, he's he's good on camera, he knows how to talk. Like he like all of those things from reading Rainbow that we loved about him. Yeah. And then when he was actually in the job, I remember because I watched in the morning CBS this morning with my Gail King every morning, right? And he mm-hmm. guest hosted with my Gail King one morning and he was a really bad host. So I was worried that he was going to be a bad on Jeopardy. And then he was kind of bad on Jeopardy. Yeah. And it just felt like nothing made sense. But also like, yeah. like, it, yeah, I mean, look, I really think highly of LeVar Burton, but I, it felt like sort of like, uh, it felt like hardcore left-wing Twitter was like, you, how oh, dare you not well, include LeVar Burton? But there were other people of color me. in the running yeah. um, that I thought did in, a significantly better job. Uh, I thought Mayim was and, like the, I mean, I love yeah. Mayim Bialik just because, you know, she's a great Jew, but also I love Mayim Bialik. She's, she's, she's just, she's just good, especially at hosting yeah. stuff. She's just really good at it. She's, she's also, she's so smart. She's and so you could, smart. It was like when she and Ken Jennings would host, you could tell they didn't have to look at the answers. And yeah. really, like when yeah. Dr. Oz hosted, there was always this like long delay where <laughs> yeah. they, they would give an answer and he'd, and he'd be like, 
See, oh that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like... the that's the trick to I think filling Alex Trebek's shoes is that Alex was able to sort of toe the line of being snotty, yeah. a little snotty, a little snooty, a little condescending, but still had a level of warmth to him. But the most important thing was that he he came across like he knew every answer, yeah, and could be a little bit patronizing if you didn't know the answer. But that doesn't mean he Which actually is knew so it. Fascinating because it, it it honestly it wasn't until like a couple years ago that I like looked him up. And you're like, this guy isn't smart. He, he literally no. in interviews would, I remember when I was a kid, no. you know, ages ago, he gave an interview interview where he said he knows most of the answers before yeah, he doesn't have no. to read them. You're like, that's insane. No. He was on Alex. Mama's Family. He's not right. smart. He was on Mama's Family? <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a, uh, an episode where Mama goes on Jeopardy um, oh and God. she wins Jeopardy by like a random fluke and gets it. Then it, it turns into a two-part episode with them winning a trip to Hawaii and then they're in Hawaii. And okay. It's a great three-part Mama's Family episode, but includes Alex Trebek. So you know he's not smart. He's <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no, so I, I loved um, the one of the guest hosts. They had a rotating list of guest hosts, and one of the ones that everyone knew wasn't going to be the host, but like I just liked was Robin Roberts because I yeah. kind of love Robin Roberts in a weird sort of queer the, way. The ascent yeah. of Robin Robin Roberts. Yeah, she's, she's she's sort of like this this sort of comforting queer like adult voice yeah. woman that you know could just like take care of everything if needed to be taken care of you yeah. know what i mean alan like, I, I love her i got one for you if okay. only we hadn't lost the legend gwen eiffel four oh, years God, ago she would have been eiffel. the perfect it's I, like alan's favorite uh, newscaster is pbs's gwen eiffel. gwen eiffel i can't tell you i don't cry i cried over like maybe two celebrities dying that was b arthur i cried when b mm, arthur died yeah. and i cried when sure. gwen eiffel died gwen yeah. eiffel for anyone listening who doesn't know she was the pbs sort of head of political news and she 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 hosted washington week for a really long time and she was just such like a a smart she was just a genius. She was a smart, but she was fun too. And she was just a good newscaster. And it was just, oh, she would have been so good as Jeopardy host. Yeah. Oh she God, would have been I, know. In my head. I know. She died too uh, well, young. In, in conclusion, I guess if any of the executive producers are listening to this podcast for Jeopardy, uh, then we might as well tell them that Elliot will still not be watching the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now that they've I'm that more of a wheel of, I'm a more of a wheel of fortune <laughs> guy myself. He likes things that spin, not things that spin in the brain. <laughs> What would, what would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I guess I do belong in the rainbow because I fall under the U category <laughs> in LGBTQ. <laughs> U. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, my Aunt uh, Joanne would say, you know what would have been good at Jeopardy? Jackie Mason. Rest in mm. peace. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Disgusting. Uh, how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, you know, your chat with Jake reminded me that your Uncle Ray and I call, you know, Braden Holla what we do. Actually, never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> sexual. She's never so mind. sexual. Wow. She is. She is. Still she don't really even is. understand what She's that meant. Gem. Braden Holla, you know, you could take the balls and then you can. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> I don't I'm, think I'm getting Holla that it. way. But anyway, <laughs> Shalom. I'm Elliot Glazer. Uh, I am Brent Sullivan. You can say Shalom. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> no I, thanks. And I, my Hebrew name is Solomon or Shlomo, depending upon how you want to say it. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Yeah, you guys are and really I'm, pushing and I'm, this and whole I'm Hillel. Jewish thing Hillel, right now. Hillel and Solomon and the Gentile up there. <laughs>